0: Support for this podcast is provided by Smart Recruiters, the hiring success company. Smart Recruiters is a full talent acquisition suite with candidate relationship management and an applicant tracking system, all in one modern platform with an extensive marketplace of more than 300 vendors and a user experience that candidates, hiring managers and recruiters alike love companies from Ikea to Bosch to blah blah car leverage smart recruiters to attract, select and hire the talent they need to grow and expand their business. Visit smart recruiters at www.smartrecruiters.com to find out why companies across the globe consider them to be the number one ATS replacement.
1: There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material
0: progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 115 of the Recruiting Future podcast. So this is the last episode of 2017, and I wanted to start it by saying a big thank you to everyone for making this such a brilliant year for the podcast. I've had some fantastic guests, some incredibly supportive sponsors, and the audience has doubled in size. Thanks to everyone for the likes, shares, comments, reviews, and other feedback you've sent me. I really appreciate the support and I'm looking forward to an even more ambitious year for the show in 2018. As this is the last show of the year, I thought I'd bring you something a bit different. Back in February, I recorded an interview for the fantastic Career Life Stories series, which is produced by Nick Price and Working Films. If you've not come across this series before, I would recommend visiting www.careerlifestories.com to watch some really insightful films about the lives and careers of some really interesting people from our industry. My Career Life Story film was launched a few weeks back, and I thought it might be good to present it to you on the podcast in audio format. So, my guest this week is me, talking about my life and career to date.
1: I really hope you enjoy it. My guest on this episode of Career Life Stories is Matt Alder. Matt has been at the forefront of digital recruiter marketing since the late 90s. He continues to innovate in the sector and advises a growing number of major employers on their talent acquisition strategies. He hosts a weekly recruiting and HR podcast that has over 14,000 global listeners a month. He also recently published his first book called Exceptional Talent with his co-author Mervyn Dinner. Talking about his life and career to date, it's a pleasure to introduce Matt Alder. So Matt, your career has starting in recruitment advertising, you've worked in digital recruiting. Now you're a consultant with your own business, Metashift. But the common thread through everything you've done really started with really started with the internet. Was it part of the plan that you saw the opportunities with the internet and that was where you wanted your career to be? I I came across the internet when I was working in
0: photography. it was really disrupting the way that photography, commercial photography, was working in the late '90s, um, and I just saw it as a kind of fascinating agent for change in how um, how we kind of live and work. So I was really keen to try and get an internet job, as it were, whatever that was at the time, um, as, as soon as I as soon as I possibly could, and it, it was really total accident that that ended up in in recruitment but I think it was a a happy accident and it it kind of I suppose it really aligns with what's important to me Um, and really with recruitment it was the opportunity to be in an industry at the very start so when I first started working in digital recruitment there were very few job boards didn't really even exist as a thing in in the uk um and the opportunity to get in at that kind of innovative kind of ground floor level um
1: was was just like a brilliant opportunity to sort of help shape an industry which is quite quite interesting isn't it because a lot of people at the time were in recruitment and then sort of migrated towards the internet and online and understanding that but you went into it really with an online mentality first and then recruitment came part of your world alongside that
0: yeah, I mean, I think when I think about it, in some ways it, it feels a bit random, but I think also um, there are, there are aspects of it that, that fit together that fit together quite well. So my first proper internet job was um, again working for another photography company, um, and I was selling an internet. Um, photography kind of online catalog solution to big creative advertising agencies in London. And um, I kind of go into the creative department and try and uh, persuade these creatives that uh, the internet was the future for photography. Um, And these people didn't even have a computer, Uh, (laughs) you know, they had nothing connected to the internet. So um, I kind of got this real sense of kicking against the norm and and, and struggling and just um, really enjoying being, That persuasive person to help people see the potential in this new medium. And I think when I got into the recruitment side of things, it was exactly the same. We go to presentations and we tell people that the internet was going to change the way that people look for jobs. And they used to laugh at us. And I love that. I loved the fact that it was us against the world. Um, And I love the fact that we had to really think about how the how is this going to work? How can we persuade people? how can we grow up as an industry and and move forward so um, when I look back on it, it all makes perfect sense, but you know perhaps at the time it was um, it was it was slightly random, but I think there was a real um, this kind of real theme
1: of um you know trying to trying to change the world so when you were younger, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do for a career? I had quite a Early exposure to
0: technology. Um, my dad worked in IT. He got into computers uh, before computers were were really a thing, um, and you know I found that absolutely fascinating. Um, I, I did, you know, I was really really interested in um, the development of computing, um, and what it could be, what it could be used for, and all that kind of stuff. But. I really, I think, felt that it was cut off to me because I wasn't really a kind of maths or science kind of person. I was much more into kind of, you know, arts and the written word and all that all that kind of stuff. Um, and the guys who did computing at school were those kind of science-y, science-y math geeks. So I kind of just sort of ruled that out as um, a career path for years and years and years and years. And it went off in a very, very different direction. And I think when I saw uh, what the internet was doing to work in business in the late 90s and I saw that actually there was the opportunity to look at this from a business perspective from a marketing perspective even from a creative perspective
1: and um, it suddenly felt that perhaps the career that I'd always wanted had, had opened up to me again. So you spoke about being at school and a sort of maths and science geek so where did you where, where did you fit into that because you ultimately you went on to do English and drama you went on to do English and drama at I university. Did, yes, absolutely. What were you like then when you were sort of studied in that were you quite academic were you interested in lots of different things was drama something you loved doing when I was at um when I was at school particularly when I was at primary school but um, also when I was at secondary school
0: um I was I was incredibly shy like painfully shy um you know I'd never say anything I kind of really um you know really didn't like speaking up in public and all that kind of stuff so obviously I started doing drama <laughs> that <laughs> because that's the complete kind of uh, the complete kind of opposite of that um, and I think you know I think I, I kind of learned that My life has always got better when I've done things that are outside my outside my comfort zone. You know, I started acting at quite you know reasonably sort of early age, and I just you know I absolutely loved it. And I think it was that that learning opportunity of being outside of my comfort zone, but also the the kind of safe place to play within a
1: character that isn't that isn't necessarily isn't necessarily you. Are you someone who's naturally confident and comfortable standing up in front of people performing?
0: I am now, (laughs) you know, we're we're talking, um, I do a huge amount of um, presenting in my job. So I present to kind of audiences all the time and I absolutely love, love being on stage, I love um, helping people understand new ideas and be interesting. You know, it's a privilege to be on stage and, and have all those people giving you, hopefully, their undivided attention. Have I always been in that position? Probably, probably not. Obviously, I did a lot of, of acting. What I loved about it um, was the the opportunity to work really hard and be really good at something so the amount of rehearsal that would go into you know, a short amount of time on stage was you know was was absolutely just you know fascinating to me and um you know at university we did it to, you know quite a high quite high level, um, you know, and that was brilliant. And when I moved into the working world, um, I felt that I'd be able to take these, um, you know, these stage skills with me. And I just remember when I got to the level of my career that I was making presentations, my first four or five presentations were terrible just awful um you know absolutely died a death in what way just i didn't you know i do things like i'd write a full script for myself i i would have no sense about what i was trying to get across to the audience I'm um, i was overconfident because i'd done all this kind of stuff on all these on all these stages and it was brilliant um and i just didn't really think about the message and what i was doing and i you know, i went through a massive kind of crisis with crisis of confidence with that and Then over time, I found my professional voice, if you like. I I kind of really thought about how do you make an audience you know, how do you make an audience feel? How do you make an audience feel excited and interested and engaged in this content? Even if they don't agree with what you're, with what you're saying, that's still great because it's all about getting reaction. Um, and it was just lots and lots of, you know, practice and hard work and really, um, you know, thinking about energy levels and, and confidence levels and, um, and and things like that. So now, um, you know, I feel very confident in, in all of those situations, but it's kind of a real journey. I thought when I was 23, 24, I uh, had absolutely
1: cracked and I didn't realise that I was I was I was very
0: much at the beginning of a much longer journey. What
1: was the reason for choosing English and drama as a degree? I basically
0: chose subjects at A level in university that I was interested in. When I was doing my degree, actually, there was some brilliant. Um, I think brilliant kind of transferable skills you learn from doing something like drama. Teamwork is is one of them. You know, working as part of a team where you absolutely trust that the person you're working with is going to do the thing that you think they're going to do. Um, and then if they don't, how do you you know how do you kind of react to that? So I think that kind of that team building, that that level of communication, um, obviously the, the 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 confidence to um, you know present. Obviously, when I rebuilt that in my in my working in my working life, um, I think were brilliant things. But you know, I got to the the end of university and I still didn't know what I wanted to um, I wanted to do so I never really had uh, you know much of a clue about what my career would be or where it would where it would, where it would take me even you know e- even at that point point. and then I graduated and uh, there was a recession on And there were no uh, traditional graduate jobs available, certainly not for people with uh, the sort of degree that I had. So out into the big wide world with uh, no real sense of where I was going.
1: You were born in Cornwall and then you moved to Kent. And then, so once you graduated um, from Winchester, wasn't it? Yeah. You then took yourself off to London.
0: Yeah. I I seem to have always been quite nomadic. (laughs) And um, and the, the only real jobs that um, were available at that point were you know were sales jobs probably the first sort of eighteen months two three years of my career i was in um i was in telephone sales in, in in different environments started off selling travel solutions then i was lucky enough to kind of move into photography which was a bit more interesting um, then i worked for the guardian newspaper then i went back to photography um, and then i kind of finally landed in the world of um ad agencies and uh, and uh, marketing agencies and um that was the start of the whole uh, digital recruiting thing
1: Tim Tim P, um, you joined, which was the start of your digital career, if you like.
0: Yeah, it was. So I, um, this whole internet career thing um, had had become a thing. Um, I was working, selling this internet photography solution, but really I wanted to work for an advertising agency. Um, I'm not quite sure why but I always wanted to I suppose work for an advertising agency that was the nearest thing I had to um, some kind of idea of career direction Um, and really just through uh, you know a whole series of bizarre coincidences and accidents um, I kind of ended up working at TMP which was a recruitment um, you know recruitment advertising um, agency and as I say it kind of it wasn't it wasn't planned. Uh, but kind of as soon as I arrived and saw the opportunity um, with this sort of online recruitment, digital recruitment thing, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of, you know, I was kind of blown away and fascinated by that. And it was, um, yeah, it was a very odd time working for a company that claimed to be an internet company. Um, and, you know, on our floor of the office, um, there was just one, uh, you know, one computer that was connected to the internet that people had to share. Um, so that was you know that that was quite interesting but um yeah it was um um it was a it was a you know i I kind of felt my career had really started um at that point I, i felt i'd kind of sort of finally reached the the starting line just sort of paint a bit of a picture about where the world was at that time so i always like to tell people that um in that job i was lucky enough to share a uh, a bank of desks with the whole of Monster Europe, which at the time was two people, <laughs> because they were um, they were kind of expanding and opening, um, you know, opening you know, versions of what was the Monster board. Um in all those countries. So, um, yeah, it just felt like really kind of exciting times. We, you know, we, we didn't have very, very good equipment. Um, everyone thought we were kind of slightly mad, but there was this brilliant sense of, um, you know, camaraderie between, you know, the, 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 the first people who are working for Monster. Um, we were kind of on the, the the, the sort of the the more the sort of the TMP marketing side so we were selling uh, website solutions Um, we had an ATS product um, which was so early to the market the words ATS didn't exist so we didn't quite know how to describe it it was like this magic database that would help you with the uh, the recruitment process Um, and uh, yeah and I think it was it was difficult and it was it was challenging but there was this kind of real sense of the sense of camaraderie, the sense
1: that we were doing something that would be um, would would be big. But well, it was quite pivotal, wasn't it? Because there's a whole sort of mental shift, um, an attitude towards recruitment as a whole, wasn't it? Getting into this at the start of the the
0: dot-com bubble was was just fascinating because people used to say to me, "You're kind of mad working in this internet thing. We don't know what it is." And then there was this incredible 18 months where it was the biggest thing in the world and there was all this money flying around and um, you know we weren't actually billing billing anything or making any money, but the world had changed and it was gonna be amazing. Um, and then 18 months, two years later, that just literally disappeared. The the, the bubble burst and um, a lot of the people who kind of got in to the industry then got out and we were kind of left almost looking at each other going, what happened there? Um, and that was when I think the, the hard work really started where we said, okay, now the hype has uh, dissipated. What does the internet really do for recruiting? Um, and I think that was the interesting thing, just trying to work out what, what tools and techniques that were facilitated by the internet and, and digital technologies um, would really you know, would, 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 would really move
1: things on and um, improve things. Was there much resistance to this change, both from clients and within the agencies themselves? There was a tremendous resistance to, to change.
0: People don't like their way of working being disrupted that's when I I kind of really had to grow up in terms of how I communicated and how I persuaded people so there was there was lots of resistance but also there was lots of support as well and lots of people kind of coming on board um, helping us refine what we did there were some fantastic clients who wanted to be absolutely at the uh, at the front of this and and do things differently and they weren't necessarily always the you know the most uh, the most obvious clients they were just people within organizations who could could see this as an opportunity and really wanted to see um, how it could benefit their organisation.
1: You mentioned there uh, that you had to change the way you communicated with people, how you persuaded people. Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? It's really easy to be very preachy. To come
0: from this, I know something that you don't know, to really make the most of this technological change. Um, you have to take everyone, you have to take people with you to, 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 to make it happen. So um, I think I realised very quickly that this was, a, um, this was a real collaborative process and people who um, object to this kind of change very often have a very valid reason for doing so taking on board people's 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 points of view um, is very important but also I think it's important that, that you do have to have that vision and say you know what this is this is where it's going and I believe um, that it's, that it's, that it's going to be better otherwise things would never change but I think that um, and I still I see people do it all the time but just getting getting incredibly preachy about um, you know what should happen and what's going to happen um, is a very long way away from being a kind of an agent of that change and making things happen. But it was a massive learning curve for us as well. We were kind of young and inexperienced. And when you're operating in an environment where there aren't really any case studies and there, there isn't really, um, you know, much precedent about what's happened, um, that's kind of tough.
1: It's, uh, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting time. The agencies had those defined roles, account director, account managers, account executives. But during that time, there was a whole new world of pro's created wasn't there
0: we had to sort of define what the best way to sell build and deliver digital project products would be and this was happening you know it wasn't just happening in our sector it was happening in in ad agencies in every sector it was inventing jobs for people it was like we think we need someone who's going to do this and and what would they be called and what skills would they have and it was a it was incredibly um incredibly exciting time and as digital got bigger and bigger um people got more and more specialized in what they in what they did and i think you know in my first digital Job did everything from you know selling, sell the website, write the copy for the website, project manage the website. The only thing I couldn't do was program it, but you know, everything else. And by the time we got to sort of you know, this is like sort of 2008 2009, you know, the world had specialized.
1: After TP, you moved to a new role as head of digital at Barker's, which is one of TP's competitors. Just explain a little bit about that time. I kind of
0: really specialised in um, media planning and you know, online media buying. And we were one of the biggest buyers of job board space in Europe at, at TMP in that time, and it was just the opportunity to go and expand my digital horizons again and be in charge of a team that did, um, you know, web development and um, other aspects of digital. It wasn't an easy job. It wasn't an easy move,
1: but um, it was certainly, you know, I certainly learnt a lot. So after that was when we sort of get into the time you're at now, really, with your own business and set up your own consultancy. How did you start that business? And what happened was the the, the financial crisis hit, the industry...
0: Took a massive hit. There was lots of change, you know, lots of change that was being driven by, um, by, by the market. You know, it, it wasn't a particularly pleasant time. After sort of a, a confusing few months, um, I, I took the opportunity to go and set up my own consultancy business. The ability to go out and prove that I could do this, you know, by myself, um, was was kind of important to me. And yeah, just just being able to sort of work directly with the clients and, and really think about what was next for the industry um, was was why I did it. What was it like
1: setting up your own business?
0: You know, I had to really think about and uh, and refine um how it was that i that I helped organizations and and what value did i did I give to them? Going from having a salary to suddenly not having a salary is always an interesting process. but um you know, it kind of sharpens your mind. It makes you think um differently. In some ways, it's stressful, but I found it to be. You know, almost a much more positive form of stress. You know, I I kind of love the fact that e- everything I do comes comes from me and uh, ultimately is in my is within my control in, in some kind of way. So so yeah, it, it's certainly been incredibly challenging, but eight years later, I'm still here. <laughs> so, and I'm still doing it. So, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that success.
1: And what was the most difficult part during those eight years? The most difficult thing for me has been really sort of working
0: out what to focus on. My my passion is very very clear. I I love the industry that I work in. I I'm really, really passionate about doing something that facilitates people finding the 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 right job and the right the right career for 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 them i think that's 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 kind of important to me
1: you also were involved in a tech startup called three sparks what lessons did you learn from that
0: basically we uh we we built a uh, you know, what was a, a great piece of technology that, that was a really simple way that employers could have mobile websites and mobile apply processes. And entered that with a certain amount of uh, confidence that the, the timing was right and people would buy this buy this product. Um, and actually, you know, I think perhaps some of that confidence was, was slightly arrogant um, because um, it turned out that maybe it wasn't quite the right time. Or I think it turned out that We needed we needed quite a long time to develop and bring this product to bring this product to market. Things didn't happen quite as quickly as we'd hoped. And, you know, we kind of struggled to keep funding that business. So while we had a great product, great team, um, you know, and some excellent clients and some great coverage. I mean, we got, um, you know, we were mentioned in Fortune magazine at one point, but it was just that keeping that momentum going. Through the product development, when that's all you do, was was a tricky thing. So in the end, uh, you know, we, w- you know, we, we kind of had to walk away from it.
1: Tech startups almost become quite a fashionable thing, but it's pretty difficult thing to do as well, isn't it?
0: So there's also this kind of narrative that. If you have a failed tech startup, that's kind of fine because you launch a startup and it fails, and, and everyone's all right. The reality isn't isn't quite like that. Um, you know, if you if you have a business and you you put everything into it in terms of your in terms of your time, um, you know, and and your passion, but you know also your own money. If if it fails, then there, there, there are there are things you lose, and that and that's difficult. And I think people in the tech space talk about failure as this kind of this great kind of learning thing and it is but it's it's not easy it's um you know it's it's very hard
1: and so after 20 years of working in london you've now moved to scotland how does that work for you and what's the motivation for that it took me
0: a very very long time to find the right person to marry but i finally did and she's amazing she uh you know she makes everything you know, she makes me better in every single way. Um, and really, we were kind of looking at about, you know, what would happen, what would happen next with our lives. Um, I did twenty years in London, which was impressive, as I only moved there for a year in, in the first in the first instance. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I mean, I loved, I loved living in that city. I loved, you know, being part of, um, you know, such a dynamic and changing environment. But as I kind of said, and I think this has been a something that's reoccurred through my life and through my career, um, things always get better when I kind of take that leap. Out out of my out of my comfort zone. So uh, my wife is from Scotland, and it so happened that we decided to we decided to move to Scotland. Which um, you know I love it. It's such a fantastic place to live. We live right on a beach, which is uh, amazing, and certainly not something you could do in London. I'm learning a lot about how you can run a business with with global clients effectively from
1: anywhere. How have you found the practicality of? Living in Scotland, but with lots of global clients and a lot of work in London. There are always trade-offs. The lifestyle is fantastic.
0: Living in a beautiful place. Um, you know, it's such a it's such a cool little town that we live in. There have been certain. Um, aspects of my work that I've had to kind of, I've had to kind of back away from. I can't, I can't really do anymore. So I've kind of had to really sort of reinvent what I do, look at my offerings, look at the, the businesses that I, that, that, I, that I kind of run um, a, and really work out how it fits. There's always kind of trade-offs and I suppose that I'm always interested in that process in terms of how does that work and how can I make the best of this opportunity and, and you know, leverage the advantage of where I am. Have you always been
1: quite career focused? Would you say? Have you been? Are you career focused? Interesting question,
0: because I think the answer is, is is yes and no at the same time. I'm very passionate about my career and what I do. Lots of things that that I enjoy. I've kind of weaved into my job. So I enjoy traveling, I enjoy presenting, um, I enjoy reading, I enjoy researching, I enjoy looking at new things. And I think that I've been able to weave those into, weave those into my job and into my career. So um, everything is so intrinsically linked. um, It's quite difficult to separate that out. So what are the things that are important to you now? To me, one of the things that is incredibly important is is making things better by, by putting out Um, really interesting you know quality content and uh, you know I suppose you know crucial to me now is um, I I have a podcast so every week I interview um, someone different from from around the world um, talking about you know their experiences in the space and um, how they're using technology to to do to do different things Um, and it's a you know it's a huge privilege
1: to be able to do that and
0: um, you know I'm I'm always uh, delighted that people that people listen
1: to it. Let's talk about your podcast then so your podcast has been going two years. How did that start? I was doing this huge amount of kind of research and and talking to people and going to conferences
0: and, you know, reading and all all this sort of stuff. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting uh, to actually do that in public? So, uh, and I've always been a massive sort of fan of, um, you know, audio content and radio and I I love podcasts. So I thought, well, why don't I create one? So the original idea was it's kind of my research and development, me being curious and finding out uh, about what people are doing, but doing that in public, you know, giving people access to those... Um, those conversations and that's how I started it in some ways I've been blown away by success it's been more successful than I could have imagined and then the other half of my brain that says these things are never good enough um, you know tells me that I still need to work on it and I still need to uh, still need to make it even better
1: so you've now just written a book um, or co-written a book how did that start and what's that experience been like
0: it's always been my ambition to to write a book. um and i and I always thought I would, but I never really had a plan about how that would how that would happen. Sometimes these things just just come along and you have to you have to run with them. so um uh, Dinnan, very good friend of mine, and also a colleague. we collaborate um on a lot of um uh, content marketing production for um, a number of companies um, w- was approached by a publisher to uh, basically write a book, um, and we talked about it and we, we basically put in a joint proposal with us as co-authors. We agreed the, the contract. The book was uh, the book was finished. I think it took about, took us about eight months to, to write it. I guess that's one of the, the
1: highlights of your career.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it'll all come down to how many how many how many people buy it. But the book's called Exceptional Talent and it, it, it's all about what we almost call the sort of the, the new talent journey. So we break down the the whole of the sort of recruitment and employee experience. I think what's interesting was we looked at the title Exceptional Talent, and a lot of it is actually breaking down, well, what is exceptional talent? And I think you get a lot of narrative, particularly in the tech space, about employing A players, employing people who are absolutely brilliant and, um, you know, will drive the business forward. And, and, and that really isn't our definition. It's all about values and attitudes and having people who are flexible in their thinking, who, who match the, the, the values of the organisation, who could help companies navigate through what are very unpredictable times, both socially and economically. And I think that was fascinating. And it was a it was a great process to go through. And um, a, a lot of it was just getting out, you know, I, I, getting a lot of the stuff that had been in my head out onto um, onto paper. So it required a lot of time and, and, and concentration and uh, uh, reach. Training my attention span to uh, uh, to do it, but it was a it was a great process. And um, you know, I'm I'm personally really, uh, you know, really proud and really pleased with the, the the content. And I
1: genuinely hope that people will find it useful. Looking back over your career, how do you think you've developed and changed? I think a lot of it has been learning about myself, and I and I
0: think you know I've talked a lot about doing things that take me out of my comfort zone and you know then then you know life gets better and I think to deconstruct that process a little bit um it's been about realizing that a lot of the things that have held me back at various points in my life and my career are of my own making it's just unhelpful beliefs I have about myself or the way the world works in my head and I think that if you if you really challenge yourself by doing something you feel completely um, that is completely out of your comfort zone um you can kind of sort of expose that and say, actually, well, what would happen if I didn't believe that? What would happen if I thought this was possible? Um, And I suppose that I look back on my career now and I can see the evidence of that. So 10, 20 years ago, I, you know, I couldn't see that. I couldn't get that context. So I think that as a person, I've just become much more, much more self-aware, um, you know, and just really sort of clear on where I'm heading and, and, and where I'm going. And I'm, I think uh, for the first time, things are starting to make a little bit of sense about um, how I've ended up here. And I think that's, uh, it's, it's kind of an exciting time. It's, you know, I look at the, the rest of my career, however, however long that will be, um, you know, and I'm and I'm really looking forward to it.
1: You've worked with people, you've worked for people, collaborated with people. What qualities in people bring out the best in you? The,
0: the qualities in other people that I, that I really look for and, and really respect. I think honesty and openness uh, are, are really important. But it's also a sense of curiosity about things, you know, looking at things and thinking, what would happen if we did this completely differently? Um, and I think I work best with people who have that, you know, who share that values and, and share that, share that kind of attitude. It's generally that that curiousness, that, that willingness to sort of challenge things and say, actually is that, you know, just because things have always been like that, does that mean that that's right or, you know, that that's, that's kind of appropriate? And it's not necessarily being, you know, completely contrarian and, and disagreeing with everything, but just having that natural sense of curiosity. And I think that the people that I've worked best with in my career, who've had all kinds of different skills um, and, and, and types of experience, have kind of really sort of shared those, those values and, and that philosophy, you know, that openness, that, that honesty um, and, and, and that curiosity.
1: So the flip side of that then is what <laughs> what situations frustrate you
0: other things that frustrate me I think people who uh, you know people who are just absolutely set in their ways and, and will not countenance that things could be different Huge things about social media frustrate me the social media is brilliant but I think there are aspects of it that are very frustrating the whole um, soundbite culture that you know someone can say something and it becomes suddenly becomes the truth if enough people like it people who create entertainment for themselves by just dissing things that other people do and not really offering anything, you know, any, any kind of alternatives themselves. I think I I find that very frustrating about social media as well.
1: And we've talked about your book being quite a big highlight to your career, but when you look back, has there been a pivotal moment in your career? There's, there's been a few that I could say, you know, a few
0: things that I might be able to, able to identify as pivotal moments. But when you asked me that question, there was one thing that, that came into my head, which was um, and again, it's, it's funny, it always comes back to this. It comes back to presenting. We've sort of talked about, you know, my journey of learning about present- you know, being a presenter and trying to be better and better. Um, And there was this one time where I just took a massive shift in style. And I think that, um, you know, I'd done a presentation internally um, within the organization I was working for and it had gone down particularly, particularly badly. I got some very negative feedback about it you know, I really thought about that, took that on board and completely changed the style in which I present Um, very much to, you know, what I do now. I never use a script. Um, You know, I always use, uh, make sure my slides are as visual as possible. Um, I always try and make sure there's no barrier between me and the audience. Um, But it really came down to one presentation where I suddenly did all of those things, Um, all of those things for the first time. Um, It was a very big presentation with a not particularly friendly audience. Um, And it just went phenomenally well. It was it was it was a massive risk that I took to do what I did, um, and it was amazing. And I think uh, you know that really sticks out as a pivotal moment
1: because um, I completely changed the style of how I of how I do things and how I communicate. That's interesting. And do you think that that's the type of person you are when you talked about taking yourself out of your comfort zone, um, and actually when you talked about going to drama and everybody working really really hard that. these things don't happen by accident actually you have to work really hard to achieve what you've achieved
0: I think I've learned that through you know through everything that I've done luck and and and, um, talent play a part in things but actually if you want to be really good at something if you want to kind of really uh you know push the way that people think about things and the way that things work you just have to work incredibly hard you have to you know you have to have those failures you have to have those learning moments you have to it goes back to when I was doing drama. You just have to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse until you get bored of rehearsing, and then just keep doing it. And uh, I think that's that's been an important important lesson to me. And even you know, even with um, my podcast, I feel it took me twenty episodes to get even vaguely into the ballpark of where I wanted to be. So I think persistence, um, you know, and, and hard work are incredibly important.
1: And what is it you most enjoy about the work you do now?
0: The variety of situations that I. You know, that, that I kind of experience. So, you know, I work with some really big global companies on recruitment innovation, really kind of working in partnership with them to try and find where they take stuff. And then the next week, I'll be working with a smaller company who have never done any kind of online recruitment ever and, um, you know, helping them choose a, an ATS system. And then, you know, the next week, I'm 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 writing a book or or producing content so i think it's the the sheer variety um, of experiences that that i can now have is is just is just really important to me and it's something i really something i really something i really value in my career now is there anything you would change in your career there are a number of opportunities to take things in a different direction so i could have pursued acting do do i regret that Yes, I do regret that, but you know that's not what that's not what I did. Um, there's been a number of times that I could have left um, the recruitment side of the industry, but actually, um, you know, when I look back on my career as a whole, I have no regrets at all. I'm delighted that. I am where I am now, um, and I, I I'm just really focused on what's next. Um, and I think that some of the the changes that might happen in the next few years will make a lot of the stuff we've been talking about just just seem just seem irrelevant. And I think that's really interesting. So I'm 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 just really focused on you know what does the what does the future look like? You can you can have regrets about the past, but you can't change them. So
1: why focus on them? So finally, what does the future hold for you now?
0: I am very much focused on where I can take the podcast so um, up to 8,000 listeners a month which is amazing but I think I can take it a lot further than that so really looking at how I can get really interesting guests and really sort of improve the the production. I'm working with some great employers um, and I really want to continue doing that. I love the podcast because it gives me the opportunity to to talk to people who are kind of on the ground and, and, and driving change within their organizations. We're a very interesting time in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of what technology is doing to work. So uh, I really want to help people negotiate that and navigate that and understand that. And, um, you know, by sort of uh, telling stories and, 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 and um, linking people to uh, interesting content, that, that's really what I want to do moving forward. Matt,
1: it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.
0: Thanks very much to Nick Price from Working Films. You can find the other interviews in the series, along with some bonus content, at www.careerlifestories.com. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, on Stitcher or via your podcast app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app. Just search for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show listed there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next year, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.